It's the best weird news in 2022 on Weird AF News. It's the best weird news for 2022 on Weird AF News. Part 2. A man with a whistling scrotum barely escaped death. Did you know your scrotum can whistle? Well, under certain circumstances, it can. What circumstances are those, Jonesy? We would love to make our genitalia whistle. Well, you poke a little hole in it and skip down the street. That's, that's how you do it. I'm kidding. Weird AF News, nor Jonesy condones you poking a hole in your genitalia. Never. Not even for a funny whistling party prank. As you guys know, the human body makes all kinds of funny noises, okay? We're grown-ups. We can admit this. You have your farts, your burps, your grumbles, your sneezes, your snorts, your squelches, and even sometimes there's the squirts. Oh yeah, that's probably our least favorite noise, the squirts, because it's usually accompanied by some abdominal, you know, uncomfortability. Well, did you know that your genitalia can make some noises? Yep. One Ohio man found out when his nightmare turned into a reality. He was very alarmed to hear some strange noises coming from his scrotum. He's unidentified in the story, because I assume he's a little embarrassed. He's 72 years old. This man heard a hissing noise. He was extremely alarmed about the hissing noise that was coming from his nether regions. After taking himself to the hospital, he's been the first person in the world diagnosed with what's called a whistling scrotum. That's right. It's an actual condition. It was published in the American Journal of Case Reports, guys. That means it's totally legit. Whistling scrotum is now a thing. It's out there. So be careful. How do you get whistling scrotum? Let's find out. I don't want whistling scrotum. Although that would be a, a pretty cool way to end my comedy act, making my scrotum whistle. That would probably get a standing O. And get me paid more. <laughs> okay, so this man, our 72-year-old whistling scrotum man, the guy with the hissing sack, he rushed himself to the local emergency room complaining about uh, being out of breath, and his face was swollen. Huh, very strange. They took an x-ray of his chest. It revealed that he had too much air inside his body. Yeah, apparently you can have too much air floating within your body. Uh, this man's lungs were about to collapse, it says. It says if left untreated, he could have permanently damaged his heart and lungs, potentially leading to death, actually. That's how the whistling scrotum can lead to your death. Too much air inside your body. What do we do about this? You plug up the holes? The primary source of the man's strange whistling was discovered to be an open hole on the left side of his scrotum. How did he get this hole in his scrotum? I'm curious. A dangerous game of Twister? How did this happen? I'll bet it was a TikTok challenge. Oh, the open up your scrotum TikTok challenge that's going viral right now. <laughs> I made that up. That, I don't think that's a thing, but you can't put it past TikTokers. It could be a thing. Okay, so he had a wound on the left side of his scrotum left over from some testicle surgery. He had this surgery five months earlier to reduce swelling. Um, this allowed air inside his body too much air it led to his shortness of breath and a swollen face other complications as well the emergency staff have to insert two plastic tubes right in the chest to drain the excess air my goodness thankfully the man's lungs recovered after three days in the hospital three days of him struggling to breathe and whistling out his sack thankfully he was released he's in good condition oh boy 
He did, however, have air trapped in his scrotum, a condition called pneumoscrotum. Pneumoscrotum. See, we're learning, guys. These are real medical conditions. Now, as if this story couldn't get any more unusual, there's another aspect of it that's quite weird. Apparently, the doctors had like legit medical reasons and proof to assume that the man was injecting air into his scrotum himself somehow. Uh, the reason being that it took the doctors so long to resolve all of the air buildup, they really believed that he was injecting air into his scrotum on his own. He adamantly denies this, the man, but the doctors believe it's so. It seems like a very strange fetish. The <laughs> just injecting air, pumping up your scrotum, it's called, just pumping it up. Well, maybe, you know, at 72, your scrotum gets a little saggy. Maybe he's like, you know what, I need to get it really ballooned and back up, back up towards my body. You know, it seems to be sagging too much. Where's that, um, where's that pump for the basketball? <laughs> Police are warning the public to stay away from the explosion museum because something might explode. The police in Portsmouth have urged the public to steer clear of the Explosion Museum of Naval Firepower in Gosport. This is in the UK. There's an Explosion Museum. <laughs> it's a very funny name for a museum. Um, they're telling the public to steer clear of the museum after artillery shells were discovered near the site. I mean, <laughs> I assume there's artillery shells there. It's an Explosion Museum. <laughs> I'd be rather disappointed if I went to the Explosion Museum and didn't see any sort of artillery shells or bombs or other firepower that's known to explode. <laughs> it just seems like the whole point of an Explosion Museum is to see artillery shells and all sorts of exploding devices, I'd imagine. It's an Explosion Museum! Last I checked... Uh, do you think, they, you think they give you a helmet when you arrive at the Explosion Museum? <laughs> This, this will keep you safe. Okay, so authorities apparently closed off the area at the Explosion Museum after four to five shells were found, and they had to call in a bomb disposal unit to the scene. <laughs> Residents were originally warned to steer clear of the museum, which is situated in the former Royal Naval Armaments Depot. Uh, this is uh, following the, the discovery the Gosport police shared a photo of the shells on Twitter. I'm looking at the photo. Yeah, it looks like shells. They're, they're big. They look explosive. They look like exactly what you would want at an explosive museum. <laughs> a museum of explosive relics <laughs> from naval history would probably have things like this. Now, they did not clarify whether or not the shells were used. Uh, they don't look like they were used to me, but then again, I'm not an explosive armament expert. Uh, someone found something funny about this situation and wrote on Twitter, Thank you, Bomb Squad. Well done. We were very much hoping that the Explosion Museum didn't live up to its name. <laughs> hey, who's the comedian on Twitter? This is not the first time that old shells have been found in Hampshire. We have a story here about a father of three who was one afternoon left amazed when the milk bottles that he found in his garden were, in fact, live grenades from World War II. <laughs> How do you mistake live grenades for milk bottles? Well, you know, this is the UK. They do like to drink a bit. 
Now, it's not uncommon to find explosives, is the point, especially in this area, because uh, back in the 1940s, in order to defend villages from a potential Nazi invasion, explosives were handed out to what were called Dad's Army-style home guard groups. So that's just, I assume, local home guards. It was thought that around 6 million explosives were made and distributed during the war, and you'll still find these. Uh, some of them look like milk bottles, apparently. Very tricky, very tricky. There's another instance of someone calling and reporting 48 bombs that uh, that were discovered, buried in this person's yard. So this is, imagine just finding bombs in your yard all over the place. This seems crazy to me. Well, the good news is that the Explosion Museum is now safe from explosions, guys. So go enjoy that place. Boston Transit Agency is going to use urine sensors on the elevators, but why? Well, here we go. A weird news article from my hometown. Let's do an accent. Maybe that'll be more entertaining. You're in trouble no more in Boston. The Massachusetts Bay Transportation Authority hopes that a new program to tackle public urination in system elevators with technology. The MBTA, all right? Now, that's the Boston subway system and bus System as well. It all falls under the umbrella MBTA. Serves Boston and the surrounding area. They're launching a pilot program this summer in which urine detection sensors will be placed in four downtown elevators. The sensors alert transit ambassadors who can dispatch a cleaning crew, according to the media. So they're going to sense that there's urine and then bam, a cleaning crew comes out to clean the urine in the downtown elevators. I guess that's a popular place to piss is in those four downtown elevators. I don't know why you've got to piss in an elevator. That seems like animalistic behavior. Not so much Boston behavior, more like Florida behavior. Urinating in elevators. Now, maybe not. Florida behavior is more like urinating on strangers on the bus, like right on their shoes and clothing. Now, these sensors, these urine sensors were installed on the ceiling in the elevator. They have a fan which allowed them to suck in air and they basically smell the air in the elevator that lets them know what's present if there's, if there's pee-pee in the elevator. Now, they're going to kick off this program in August, all right? The urine program. Urine in the elevator program. Data will be collected for several months before the agency makes a decision about whether to implement the program by year's end, all right? <laughs> this is hilarious. This is not a new concept, by the way. About a decade ago, the Metropolitan Metropolitan. Atlanta Rapid Transit Authority launched a pilot program that, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, triggered strobe lights, alarms, and alerts to the Transit Authority police when urine was detected in an elevator. Well, boy, imagine you're taking a whiz in the elevator. All of a sudden, strobe lights and alarms, and now you're going to jail for whizzing in an elevator. The elevators were then in, inoperable. Oh, my Oh my goodness, they shut down while you're in there peeing too. So you can't even get out. It's like a little urine prison. Now it says that program in Atlanta was a success and eventually expanded. So now uh, I'd imagine they got some pretty clean elevators. Uh, you know, in the defense of the people's peeing in elevators, though, there's not a lot of public bathrooms really. It's, it's, it's hard to find one, man. It, it, it really is. 
I mean, I've traveled the world, man. You can find public bathrooms in other places. In the U.S., it's like, you, this is why everyone goes to Starbucks. Starbucks, Starbucks. I mean, it's like, where else are you going to go? We don't have a real good public bathroom situation, man. Not like the Romans had anyways, you know? Now the, the Boston Transit Authority hopes that this elevated urine program was going to help alleviate some problems because public urination, as you know, not only unsanitary, but it causes damage to the elevators as well. It's a big problem. How about you just put a urinal right next to the elevator? How about that? Or one of them porta parties what, what about that? I mean, you probably spend less money on porta parties than installing all these sophisticated urine-sniffing fans and whatever. And then, of course, you're going to have to hire a whole urine SWAT team, you know? Because as soon as the alarm goes off, the urine... The urine officer has to jump right down, get involved. That's a whole team of people you got to hire. Why not just have bathrooms available in public? I mean, I don't, it just seems rudimentary to me. You know, the other concern is what if someone doesn't urinate in an elevator? What if they do number two? Does the system recognize that as well? You're going to have to install a whole new number two sniffing technology or something. I mean, I'm just trying to wrap my head around this and solve the problem. I give a damn about my city after all. A gun and drugs were found inside a woman after an arrest. You heard that right. Inside a woman. A Florida woman is behind bars following a traffic stop and an arrest that revealed she was concealing a gun, some meth, and marijuana inside her body. Ooh, how'd she fit so much inside her body? According to the report by the law enforcement, uh, Deputy Moore was on patrol at 1115. He observed a Chevy S10 pickup truck without taillights traveling. So the deputy initiated a traffic stop, of course. Officer Moore noticed the driver, who's been identified as 49-year-old Shirley Johnson, had dilated pupils, and Shirley was sweating profusely as well. Of course she was. She has drug and drug paraphernalia inside her. I'd be sweating profusely as well if I got pulled over with guns up my, well, nether regions. Let's just say, let's just keep it rated G for the kids here. Uh, now she admitted to being on probation for drug-related charges, but denied having any narcotics inside the vehicle or on her person. On her person is the key word. She's right. She doesn't have them on her person. They're in her person. There's a big difference. Okay? And as you know, legal speak is very important come trial time, you know. <laughs> My client did not have drugs or drug paraphernalia on her person. As she has been accused. No, no, they were, they were in her person. Not on her person, Your Honor. She should be let go. <laughs> now it says here, at some point, the Deputy Moore was given consent to search the vehicle and the Florida woman's purse. Okay, you can search the purse. You can search my vehicle. I'm pretty confident you won't find anything. While the officer was conducting the search... The Florida woman took it upon herself to help out and began emptying out her pockets. This is when she placed several 22 caliber bullets and a baggie on top of the truck. The baggie contained a Suboxone pill. She was placed under arrest and transported to the county jail. As standard booking process practices, she was x-rayed by the corrections staff and what they found was quite shocking. Inside our Florida woman's vaginal cavity was what appeared to be a gun and two baggies. A gun 
and two baggies inside her vaginal cavity. Uh, these items, of course, were immediately retrieved <laughs> following the shock and awe. And it was discovered that she was concealing a 22 caliber revolver inside of a holster. <laughs> In a holster as well. <laughs> she could fit a gun and the holster. In her vaginal cavity. There's a lot of room in that vaginal cavity, I'm going to say. I mean, wow. Most people would just put the gun up there if you could fit it. To have the holster as well? That's like, I mean, how do you beat that? You you put it, it's still in the box, the original box, and then you put that up in the box? (laughs) Okay, so that wasn't all. 22 caliber revolver in a holster. Also, there was a baggie containing approximately 4.1 grams of a crystallized substance that they tested. Can you imagine what it tested positive for? Go on. It doesn't take much thought. Methamphetamine, of course. That wasn't the only baggie in there. There was another one. A baggie containing 2.1 grams of a green leafy substance. Oh, believed to be marijuana. Believed to be. Well, I don't think it's oregano. She put it up her yuha. Ha ho. Her hoo-ha. <laughs> I forget what you call it. A Florida man punched an ATM machine for giving him too much cash. Don't you hate when the ATM gives you too much cash, guys? That really gets my goat. I never punch the ATM when that happens. I just run away real fast. <laughs> okay, let's find out about this, what seems to me, honest Florida man that also has a little anger issue. Coco, Florida. A Florida man told investigators that he punched an automatic teller machine because it it gave him too much cash. The arrest report says that 23-year-old Michael Joseph Oleksik caused about $5,000 in damage to the ATM machine at Wells Fargo. (laughs) That's a lot of damage to the ATM machine, man. Was there enough cash to cover the damage for you, buddy? I have a strange feeling that he's not going to be allowed to use that cash to pay for the damages because it's probably not his cash. Uh, An arrest report here gives us a little bit more information. Turns out the bank manager came out and confronted him, this guy Oleksik, while he was punching the machine, asked him why he was punching their ATM machine. He says the reason is because it was giving him too much money and he didn't know what to do because he was in a hurry for work. Okay. Such a hate to be held up for work by a large cash delivery. I hate that. Look, I'm trying to get to work. Stop trying to give me all this cash, okay? The Florida man is a very conflicted individual, as you can see, highlighted by this story. On the one hand, he's like, you know, I I can't take this money. It doesn't belong to me. I am trying to get into heaven. I want to be the first Florida man to get into heaven, actually. But also, I'm very agitated that this ATM will not stop giving me the money. What should I do about it? Go into the bank and tell somebody, no, you know what? I'm going to put my fist through it. (laughs) Do I have dynamite in my trunk? I'll blow this machine up. (laughs) Very, you know, wants to solve a problem, just doesn't know how to go about it. It's like, you know, the cashier gives him too much change at the checkout. (laughs) You just gave me way too much money. Knockout. A man murdered his buddy and blamed it on Bigfoot. A couple of guys were out hand fishing for catfish. Where were they doing this? Well, 
the beautiful South Canadian River in a place called Pontotoc County, Oklahoma. Sounds lovely. It's a catfish destination. Well, this catfish fishing scene turned into a murder investigation because one of the men that was catfishing that day claims Bigfoot forced him to kill his catfishing buddy. Larry Sanders is age 53. Larry is charged with first-degree murder. This is after he admitted first to a family member and then later to the police to murdering his noodling fishing partner, Jimmy Knighton. Yeah, they call it noodling. See, let's learn about catfishing and uh, its link to this mythical creature, Bigfoot. Larry Sanders claimed the mythical monster known as Bigfoot, also known as Sasquatch, wanted his friend dead. <laughs> Bigfoot has wants and needs, guys. He's not just all about rubbing against trees, leaving some footprints and feces to make us wonder. Uh, he's not just about spooking campers, you know, on a weekend in Yellowstone. No, sometimes he wants fishermen dead for some reason. Perhaps Bigfoot has something against catfishing. Bigfoot is a supporter of the catfish, apparently. Now, it is called noodling. It's a popular fishing technique that's used in the southern United States to catch a fish by striking one's hand in its mouth. Sounds dangerous, but it's pretty effective with certain fish. Now, also in the story is a local sheriff named John Christian. My guess is this sheriff's completely baffled. Um, John told the media that Mr. Sanders, quote, appeared to be under the influence of something. Wow, I mean, John Christian really stepping out on a limb to say that Mr. Sanders might be under the influence of something. You think? He's under the influence of Bigfoot, yo. Larry Sanders, the uh, Bigfoot accomplice, told Sheriff John that he struck, strangled, and drowned his noodling partner, Mr. Knighton. Uh, here's a quote from John Christian, who's just completely shocked by the whole s scenario. So his statement... All right, his statement was that Mr. Knighton had summoned the Bigfoot to come and kill him. And so that's why he had to kill Mr. Knighton, because he thought the Bigfoot was coming to get him. So he had to take action right away and kill the summoner of Bigfoot, which happened to be his catfishing partner, Mr. Knighton. Now, the Sheriff Christian says that confessions always make the job easier, but this one wasn't easy because, well... There was difficulty in trying to find Knighton's body, which had floated on down the river with the current, and they didn't discover it for more than 24 hours after the deadly incident. Uh, Mr. Christian doesn't mention the difficulty in locating uh, the witness, which is the Sasquatch. Um, I'm sure they sent out a search party for the Bigfoot as well. Here's another quote from Sheriff Christian. You still have to prove all the elements of a crime. And, and you know, despite what the suspect is telling you, you have to prove that that's actually what happened. What happened. All right, good luck proving Bigfoot was involved, Christian. Good luck with that. Well, just another case where the paranormal is making people murder. In Florida, it's the demons that are telling them to do it. In Oklahoma, it's Bigfoot, naturally. Yay! Not feeling very attractive? Well, maybe you should try vabbing. Women are swearing by this new trend called vabbing. It's a vaginal fluid perfume. That's right, guys. This is where we're at. Vaginal fluid is a perfume. 
Uh, the article begins by saying, feeling a little bit stuck being single, feeling unattractive, people not paying attention to you. Well, maybe you should try vabbing. The latest dating phenomenon is a marriage of vagina and dabbing. That's where you get vabbing, which, as the name implies, involves using your vaginal fluids as a scent or possibly the vaginal fluids of somebody else. Supposedly, this modern-day love potion will attract potential partners because of the pheromones present. Or at least, that's what a lot of ladies who vab actually believe. And if you go on TikTok and search for hashtag vabbing, there has been nearly a million views on these videos. Many of these clips feature women experimenting with this vaginal perfume. One woman claims, men kept staring at her even while they were on dates with other women. Okay, here's a quote from TikToker Mandy Lee. I swear, if you vab, you will attract people like a date, a one night stand even, or you'll just get free drinks all night. That's where we're at in life, guys, now. Women putting their vaginal fluids on their forehead to get free drinks all night. That's where we're at, guys. <laughs> Humanity has hit a low point. <laughs> This TikToker named Mandy Lee, she's really contributing to the culture. She does a whole video series about vabbing. Uh, she took it upon herself to teach ladies this methodology. She says, get up there and swipe. She motions with her index and middle fingers. Yes, swipe. And then, then go to town and get dabbing. She wipes her fluidy fingers behind her ears. She wipes it on her wrists. She wipes the fluid down her neck region. Wiping her vaginal fluid all over her person. Now be careful, she says. Mandy warns you, proceed with caution because this actually works. Yeah, you rub your vaginal fluid all over yourself and men are just going to be all over. Oh, not just men. You know, women, other organisms, people that identify as whatever. All over you. People will not be able to control themselves when they smell your scent on your person. Um... Mandy adds that she learned this method from a podcast called Secret Keepers Club. Right. Hosted by comedians Carly Aquilino and Emma Willman. Oh, I know Emma Willman. Emma Willman's a buddy of mine. I didn't know she did this podcast. I didn't know Emma was all about va vabbing. I didn't, I'm going to have to reach out to her about this, get some more information. Because uh, I'm curious. I, I really, I don't have faith that this works, but let's keep reading. Now, vabbing burst into the mainstream in 2019 when author Shan Boudram championed this sticky scent. But it's not as tacky as it seems. The idea behind vabbing is that vaginal fluids contain pheromones, which make you more attractive to potential partners. Although there is a lack of official studies of how the smells work in human sexual activity... Uh, in fact, there have been studies that have shown otherwise. In 2021, researchers concluded that previous pheromone phenomenon studies are pretty weak... Uh, because unlike most other mammals, humans have large and complex brains in which pheromones play minor roles in attraction. People online are going back and forth on this method. Some of them are writing some funny stuff. Uh, one user wrote, I'm on my period, but I'll give it a go anyway. <laughs> no, no, don't. Don't do it if you're on your period. Someone else wrote, are you telling me to put the juices from my veal cutlet on my neck like it's Chanel number five? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what they're saying. Now, some people in the industry are pushing back on this trend. We have a CEO of a cosmetics company named Lydia 
She says, quote, if you want to put your own secretions on you, that is your right. I just personally think it's gross. Now, as for me, I I can't see this working, but I'm open to it. I would I'd be willing to try it out if anyone wants to come around me after vabbing. I'm open to it. I'll give you my address. Just, just kidding, guys. Come on now. This ain't that kind of show. Uh, but I will now take a moment to ask you, the listeners, what do you think of vabbing? Would you try it? Do you think it'll work? Are you attractive to this, attracted to the smell? Um, I'm curious to hear what you think. 646-450-2012. Vabbing. Thumbs up or thumbs down? A Florida man attempts to break into the Space Force military base to warn the world of an alien dragon space war. It's one of the weirdest Florida Man titles I've ever come across. Fantastic. Since the Space Force was established in 2019, there have been some questions of what exactly this branch does for the military. One would certainly hope that this branch would be heavily involved in a battle between aliens and dragons in outer space, correct? And to protect us from the battle between the aliens and the dragons in outer space. So... If you thought that there was going to be an intergalactic war between aliens and dragons, where would you go? Well, you'd show up at the door of Space Force, as this helpful Florida man citizen was trying to do, trying to warn us all about the battle between the aliens and the dragons. This occurred this past week. We have Florida man Corey Johnson, age 29. Corey gives a damn, and he was arrested for trying to help us uh, when he tried to break into Space Force and do his duty as a citizen. Now, according to what he told arresting officers, he was there on behalf of the president. (laughs) The the president told him to do this. He was there on behalf of the president in order to alert the Space Force that there were, quote, U.S. aliens fighting with Chinese dragons, who very specific fighting groups here. U.S. aliens fighting with Chinese dragons. U.S. aliens meaning like, People that try and get into our country illegally? this kind of, Illegal aliens fighting with Chinese dragons? <laughs> in space? Oh, I need more information, Corey. Like, what did you take that day? Whatever that is you're on, I think I want a dose. Just a touch. Just a touch of that, sir. There's a little backstory here. Corey Johnson of Ocala stole a Ford F-150 from Riviera Beach, Florida, three days before he drove it to Patrick Space Force Base. He told everyone that the president told him in his mind, that's right, in his mind, he wasn't on speed dial with the president, the president told him in his mind that he needed to take this vehicle and go warn government officials about the U.S. aliens fighting the dragons. Uh, What team are you on, guys? Are you on team alien or team dragon? Pick a side, guys. It's hard. I don't know what's worse. Being anally probed or kidnapped, dressed like a princess and held in a castle tower. That's what dragons do, right? A little bit of information about the Patrick Space Force Base. It's home to the Cape Canaveral Space Force Station. The site is located about 18 miles away from the Kennedy Space Center. Uh, In theory, the Space Force's job is to organize, train, equip, and provide forces and capabilities for U.S. Space Command. Uh, Communication, intelligence, navigation, and missile launch warnings. All of this relies on satellites, which the Space Force is responsible for operating. The branch even wants to start monitoring the space between the Earth and the Moon, creating an interplanetary highway patrol of sorts. So if anybody knows how to handle a battle 
between the alien and dragon overlords. This is the crew right here, the Space Force crew. Now, one has to wonder if being located in Florida is the best for your operations. Uh, you open yourself up to instances like this when, you know, whacked out Florida men steal vehicles and run up to your front door warning you of alien invasions. Um, so you'll be happy to hear that the branch has plans to move its headquarters to Alabama, where nothing like this could possibly ever happen, right? Guys, not in Alabama. I mean, not Alabama. A school allows a student to behave and identify as a cat at school. Guys, what's going on? I'm, I'm a little concerned. We're looking at a water shortage here, guys. Inflation is running rampant. I'm also concerned with flyby meteors that might decide to land on our crust and what that's going to do to us. Our future is in jeopardy, guys. And our future leaders are acting as felines in class. I'm just, this is a little concerning for me. Let's learn some more about the student that acts like a cat and why everybody's okay with it. Perhaps I too can be convinced to be okay with it. I want to keep an open mind about everything. The article says many children learn in different ways. That's obvious. Some are very visual learners, while others absorb information better if they read it. But everyone learns best, we all agree, in an environment where they are comfortable and at ease. And for one teenager in Australia, that means acting like a cat at school. According to the media, the girl identifies as a cat, and the private school she attends allows her to be nonverbal and act feline. She's nonverbal. She's not speaking at school. They're allowing that? Okay. I, I'd imagine not a lot of work is getting done with this nonverbal student acting like a cat. But let's read on. It says here the private school allows her to identify as a feline as long as it doesn't become a distraction to the other students. Oh, no. How could it possibly be a distraction to the other students? It's very normal for students to just act like pets in class. It's not a distraction at all. <laughs> a girl in class dressed as a cat and not speaking. That How could that be a distraction? A girl behind me in class purring while she takes the quiz. Purring. Nah, that could not be a distraction at all. At all. What are you paying to send your kids here? The school did not confirm very many specifics about the situation. They did explain in a statement that some of their students display, quote, a range of issues from mental health, anxiety, or identity issues, saying that their approach is always unique to the student and will take into account professional advice and the well-being of the student. I don't know what kind of professionals you're uh, speaking to, uh, but... I don't know, I find it hard to believe that everybody's like, hey, it's a great idea for the students to just behave like felines all day long. That's good for them. The well-being of the student. I think the well-being of the student is to let them know that this is inappropriate. Uh, we have something called a culture. It has social, no social norms. They're kind of like glue. They keep the culture from unraveling. Uh, there's many ways in which the culture puts a little pressure on, on you to act a certain way. Here's something you might not know about me. I hate wearing my seatbelt, but there's all sorts of social pressure, even laws for me to wear my seatbelt, but I don't like it. Uh, in Los Angeles, I'm never really driving that fast. I'm always stuck standing still in traffic. I feel like I don't need my seatbelt in those instances, and so I whip it off. That's right. And it makes a beeping noise, but then I offset the beeping noise by turning the music up super loud so I don't hear it. Yeah, because I'm a total maniac, but I don't want to wear my seatbelt. I don't like it. It feels very constricting around my neck. 
Now, that's just something I do that the culture doesn't really approve of, but it doesn't really affect anybody, just me. You know, in fact, you would not have even known about it if I didn't mention it to you. Um, but if I was walking around pretending to be a turtle, uh, this would affect the culture and social situations around me. Uh, it would make people very uncomfortable and confused. And it might lead to who knows, I don't, violence, maybe, it's possible. Uh, <laughs> people are attacking others just for being a different ethnicity. What do you think they're going to do to someone pretending to be a turtle? <laughs> okay. In other words, it's kind of problematic and maybe a little pressure on students to not do stuff like this because when they become adults, they might continue to do this thinking that it's okay. Well, everyone up till now has just tolerated it. But everyone's been so comfortable in my presence when I'm behaving like a feline. No, 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 not really. Two people have told you that everyone's comfortable with it. 99% of the people are not comfortable with it. They just won't tell you that. So you need other pressures to let you know. Like professionals. A professional should tell you that this isn't uh, what's called problem-solving behavior for adulthood. Okay, the school reportedly described the girl as phenomenally bright. Oh, she's very smart. And she's, uh, she's very close to her family and friends. No one seems to have a protocol, though, for students identifying as animals. But the approach has been that if it doesn't disrupt the school, everyone is being supportive. <laughs> it doesn't disrupt the school. How is it not disrupting the school? You, you think that, <laughs> all right, maybe it's not disrupting the school. If someone came to my class dressed like a dog, man, and didn't speak, it would disrupt my school. It would disrupt everything. So I don't know where you're getting that data. These people are so nice. They just don't want to say how screwed up it is. <laughs> it says here there might be, need to be protocols put in place, though, as more and more students are identifying as animals, more and more identifying as animals. Oh, my goodness. Well, hell, if you're going to let everyone identify as animals, shit, I'll identify as an animal at school and I won't do any work. I would just use it as a way to not speak, not answer questions, not do shit. Be like, I have paws. I can't hold a pen. Sorry. I can't take this test. <laughs> I, look, at, I need a pee break, right? I got to pee right now. I'm going outside. And as I am a dog, who knows if I'm coming back? I may or may, may not. I may not come back. <laughs> I may just go hump another dog out in the yard. I may do that. Don't be alarmed. <laughs> oh, I'm humping another dog in the yard. Is everyone disturbed or not? You shouldn't be disturbed. I'm acting like a dog and identifying as, as a dog. You should not be disturbed. <laughs> and I'm taking this to an insane place. I'm probably losing so many listeners right here. Okay, elsewhere in Australia... Four girls have started walking on all fours and cutting holes in their clothes to make room for their tails. Oh, boy. While the schools were, where it's allegedly happening denies the claims, one parent said a girl screamed at a peer for sitting on her tail. This is all happening in Australia, by the way, not the United States. I know you're very surprised. Uh, anyways, good luck being a parent, guys. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. A disgruntled tourist smashed a very old statue in the Vatican because he was denied a meeting with the Pope. An American tourist, of course it's an American, just like 
We produce a lot of Karens. I want to speak to the Pope. I, where's the manager in charge of this Vatican? Because I want to speak to a representative of Jesus Christ right now. I want to talk about the price of admission in this place. It should be free for all Christians. An American tourist requested an audience with Pope Francis while visiting the Vatican's Chiaramonte Museum. I'm not sure what that is, but it sounds like it has some artifacts in there that are quite old. One of them was a, a target of this American tourist's angst, unfortunately. When this American, who's been identified as a he, when the American's request was denied, the man in his 50s directed his anger at the nearest ancient bust and sent it crashing to the floor. A 2,000-year-old statue was smashed. As the perpetrator tried to flee the scene, another sculpture was smashed as well. It says here the American was stopped finally by the Vatican police and has been handed over to the Italian authorities. No one knows what the tourist wanted to talk to the Pope about. Who gives a damn? What the tourists wanted to talk to the Pope about. This is a crazy person that thinks you could actually speak to the Pope. Do you know where you are? This tourist just came back from England and was like, I demanded to speak with the Queen and they told me she was dead. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. So I peed on that bridge. Now, unfortunately, the casualties of this were two damaged artworks that are now at the conservation laboratory being repaired. Chiaramonte is home to about a thousand historic sculptures, predominantly busts and statues, including a famed portrait of Roman Emperor Augustus found in the city's Prima Porta neighborhood. A representative of the Vatican said that the two damaged relics in question are each around 2,000 years old and are minor works within the museum's collection. Whew, thankfully. Uh, the experts are weighing the damage and proceeding to recover the fragments for immediate restoration. They say the shock in the Vatican for what happened was enormous. Well, you know, I wouldn't be that shocked knowing that it's an American that did this. We're always just demanding to speak with the person in charge wherever we go, really. But it's good to know that the number of statues that you need to smash in order to actually meet the Pope is uh, greater than two. I don't know how many. <laughs> Probably have to smash like six or seven, I'd imagine, before the Pope comes down from his bedroom. What is all the racket down here? There should be a separate room at the Vatican where you just, you drag the unruly Americans in there and give them an exorcism. Try and exorcise the American out of us so that we can be respectful when we visit your place. <laughs> A naked Florida man named Hercules attacked a woman with a machete because she did not have a crack pipe. This title really sums up the state of Florida, does it not? Uh, got a guy named Hercules in the story. He's naked, obviously. He's a Florida man. He's got to be naked. And uh, he attacked a lady who didn't have a crack pipe because, like, let's face it, if you're a, F a Florida resident... You can't leave your house without a crack pipe. It's required. You're a Florida man or Florida woman. You must have a crack pipe on you at all times. This is the only state where you can open carry crack pipes. <laughs> all right, now dipping into the story, let's get all the details. A Florida man who is naked has been arrested, facing three felony charges. Police say he attacked a Florida woman with a machete because she did not have a crack pipe. 
He's 45 years old. His name is Roberto Hercules. Hercules, Hercules, mama little Hercules. Hercules was arrested by the Miami-Dade police, who say Hercules was completely naked, wearing only a cowboy hat. Well, if he's wearing a cowboy hat, he's not completely naked, guys. Hercules had pink painted fingernails when the attack happened. (laughs) Pink painted fingernails. I've never met a Hercules with pink nails before. How lovely. Uh, Well, you know, he's just getting ready for the parade. According to the investigators, the woman in question was riding her bike in the area of Northwest 74th Street and South River Drive. You know the area, guys. That's a place you're not allowed to be without your crack pipe. Um, At this juncture, Hercules approached her, asked her for a crack pipe. Officers say Hercules attacked the woman who said she did not have a crack pipe. (laughs) He's like a crack pipe toll booth operator crack pipe bring out your crack pipe you got it okay you may pass you got a crack pipe you may pass what what are, the, what are those needles you may not pass come back with a crack pipe according to the police hercules hit the lady with a machete in various places this is terrible the victim jumped from her bike and ran away that she was hospitalized thankfully she's in stable condition but she's got some minor brain bleeding because of hercules and his machete and his pink nails Police caught up with Hercules sleeping. I love how it says they caught up with him. Like it's just, yeah, we're going to go catch up with him a little later, see what his deal is. He was sleeping in a tent, um, naked, with painted nails. Investigators located two cowboy hats, also in the man's tent. Hercules reportedly told the police that he wanted to, quote, get shot, but surrendered peacefully. Well, I mean, why arrest him peacefully when... You know, grant him his wish of getting shot, guys. (laughs) Sounds to me like a guy walking around naked with a machete, swinging it at people's heads, making them bleed. Probably should be shot. But no, 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 guys. It's always rehabilitation for people like this. I'm sure in two months he'll be a fine, suited-up citizen. He won't be naked, swinging a machete on the streets of Miami-Dade. A woman was scammed by a fake astronaut who claimed to need money to return to Earth. This is all part of this new phenomenon called romance scams. And I've looked into this because I've covered some stories in the area of romance scams. And uh, the stats show that there are hundreds of millions of dollars a year scammed this way. Very sad. In this particular instance, we have a man claiming to be a Russian astronaut in space who allegedly scammed a Japanese woman into paying for his return trip to Earth, vowing to marry her once he landed. Uh, This fake astronaut found the 65-year-old unnamed victim on Instagram in June. On his profile, he uploaded random photos of space. (laughs) Oh, is that all it takes? Jeez. Uh, it's a picture of the moon. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, that's the moon. Yeah, I was hanging out there last week, as a matter of fact. There was also pictures of the International Space Station where he claimed he worked. Um, and if you're not familiar with the International Space Station, when you're there, you really don't have access to Instagram or your cell phone. So a lot of red flags should have popped up. But, you know, some people aren't hip to this, especially the elderly. Uh, it says here, Once on Instagram, their relationship quickly escalated. And then on an app called Line, which is a messaging app, the man repeatedly said he loved her and proposed marriage to her. He sent her messages like, 
I want to start my life in Japan. Well, he was pretending to be a Russian astronaut, so let me do a Russian astronaut impression. I want to start my life with you in Japan. Saying this 1,000 times won't be enough, but I'll keep saying it. I love you. I love you from space. Now, eventually, this fake Russian astronaut told her in order to tie the knot, he needed money to return back to Earth. He told her there were landing fees to pay once in Japan and the cost of a rocket to actually fly to the country. <laughs> he said he was going to fly specifically to her country in a rocket, <laughs> as if that's an option. <laughs> hey, guys, where are you going after that? We're done this space station mission. Ah, I'm just going to fly to Florida, bro. Nah, nah, man, I'm going to the Caribbean. <sighs> now, believing whom she thought would be her future fiancé, this sad woman paid him approximately 4 million yen, which is about $30,000, in five installments. But when his demands continued, the woman grew suspicious. She didn't grow suspicious after three payments. <laughs> A little too late, honey. She grew suspicious of his intent and reported him to the police, who are investigating this case as a romance scam. Says here, romance scams in particular have been increasing in Japan. It's becoming a major problem. In this case, the victim was sold on the photos of space that the self-proclaimed astronaut put up on his Instagram page. And the fact that he could name drop space agencies like NASA and JAXA, which is the Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency. By the way, all this information you can find online, anyone can name drop NASA. But everything else about this person's story turned out to be inaccurate, starting with the fact that the ISS has no cell service. Um, astronauts must use the so-called space network, which is a network of communications, satellites, and ground-based antennas to transmit data back to Earth. It says here also, in case you don't know, the ISS does not work like an airport where you need to book a ticket to return back to Earth. Space agencies like NASA pay about $50 million to get one of its astronauts up to the ISS, and more recently, private astronauts can pay for their own tickets to board the space station. That price, however, does not include a return trip back to Earth, certainly not to the city of your choice in Japan either. This is really sad and indicative of a whole new level of scamming going on out there, guys, so be careful. Don't buy into those Nigerian astronaut prince emails. <laughs> Looking for romance but stuck in space. Need money for landing fees and lawyer fees for a huge inheritance. I will pay you back with interest, I swear. Now, uh, ordinarily I would make fun of a victim. Because yeah, it's easy to do so. You're like, what a fool. you got to be stupid to get scammed in this way. But some of these people are suffering from mental incapacities let's say dementia is also real there's someone in my family now with dementia she didn't even recognize her sister so this is what you can you can run into out there it's a very very sad situation what we need is a real crackdown on these online romance scams and i don't know how you begin to even do that because a lot of these people are all over the world they're in countries where this stuff really isn't monitored and anything goes the other thing we need to to cure is just this loneliness that people are suffering from. I mean, it's hard out there. You, know? you get so lonely that you believe someone's going to take a rocket to come and see you and marry you. you know? So we need to fix that as well. I don't know how. Start by listening to Weird AF News. I'll be your friend. Yay! Residents have been tormented by a stranger shouting porridge through their letterbox. A disgruntled resident has been tormented by a stranger screaming the words porridge through his letterbox. Porridge. It happens in the middle of the night. 
this individual says. And it includes variations of porridge. Uh, For example, sometimes the stranger will yell, Porridge time, Papa Bear, and other variations. The mystery neighbor has been shouting strange things about porridge through his letterbox at very strange hours in the Yorkshire town of Halifax. For the past three weeks, three weeks, someone's been screaming porridge, and this, this man is at his wit's end. He's pleading with the porridge whisperer to please stop yelling porridge through his letterbox immediately. The man wrote on social media, quote, Apologies if this post is not allowed here, but I just, I want to get to the bottom of this, and I'm at my wit's end. I live at Range Court Flats in Booth Town, and for the past three weeks, someone is opening my letterbox flap in the middle of the night and shouting, Porridge! Sometimes it's porridge time, Papa Bear. Or once it was, eat the porridge before it goes goes cold, Papa. It's my special porridge, Papa. Before you ask, no, porridge had not been left out at any times. This is unclear. Uh, the unwelcome visitor... I wish would just stop it ASAP. And if this is you and you're reading this, please grow up and stop yelling porridge through my letterbox. (laughs) Now, the post on social media got a lot of attention, a thousand shares, hundreds of comments and likes. The majority of the people saw the funny side of this whole bizarre situation. Someone wrote, hey, man, watch out. It could be a serial killer. Another person wrote. I'd get my locks changed just in case. I recommend Goldilocks. Hey! Others were very concerned. They thought this should be treated seriously. Uh, Several posts were offering advice to this upset, annoyed man. Someone wrote, "Uh, Am I the only person that feels sorry for this guy? Worst crime in my eyes, feeling unsafe in your own home. I hope it stops soon, man. Someone else wrote, I found it funny to read at first, but that's actually pretty creepy. It would definitely freak me out at night. Someone else wrote, buy a wildlife camera. It records when motion, and you will have your culprit on video, and then you can crack down on him. I have a lot of questions. Uh, First of all, does the neighbor enjoy being called Papa Bear? I think think it's nice to be called Papa Bear (laughs) in certain situations. It's pretty flattering. Also, uh, does porridge still exist? I don't even know it still existed. <laughs> and, you know, I wouldn't be mind being called porridge if they would just leave me some porridge. I'd like to try it. And I don't know if I've ever had porridge. Um, it sounds like a very archaic dish. The other thing I'd like to know, is this like some sort of code for sexual deviancy? Is it like a euphemism? If someone says, yo, bro, I shouted porridge in your mom's letterbox last night. Does that mean like, you know... Got it on with my mom? <laughs> I want to know. At the end of the day, I would actually welcome someone just yelling porridge underneath my front door, uh, considering the other possibilities when you live in Los Angeles. Um, people will just reach through your letterbox and stab you in the throat over here. I don't know if you're aware. <laughs> the world's dirtiest man has died. Oh, guys, let's have a moment of silence for Bill Cosby, the world's dirtiest man has died. Oh, no, my mistake. This is a different dirty man. The world's dirtiest man apparently was living in Iran, and he was 94 years old. Unfortunately, he died just a few months after his latest bath. An Iranian hermit nicknamed the world's dirtiest man for not taking a shower for more than half a century. Half a century without a shower? How do you live? I mean, 
I just assume if you don't clean yourself, you you eventually just die of dirt. I don't know a whole hell of a lot about pushing the bathing buck. Let's get some more information. Uh, the world's dirtiest man, the Iranian hermit, died, it says here, at the healthy age of 94. He lived to 94 without bathing? Oh, my goodness. I wash my sh- myself nearly every day, and I don't expect to live to 74. This guy, really. I want to know what his diet was, though. I mean, if you got a great diet, you could probably go centuries without bathing and, and make it, you know? Iran News Agency reported that Amu Haji, which is an endearing nickname for an elderly person, died on Sunday in the village of Degaj in the southern province of Fars. I don't know if I'm pronouncing any of these places correctly. I apologize. It says here, Haji, the world's dirtiest man, was covered in soot. As you'd expect, he's the world's dirtiest man. He's going to be covered in soot. He was living in a cinder block shack. Uh... Sounds pretty nice. Cinder block shack. I mean, people are living in tents these days. A cinder block shack sounds like a mansion compared to that. Uh, the world's dirtiest man was reported by local media not to have bathed with water or soap in more than 60 years. Fascinating. Villagers said he experienced, quote, emotional setbacks in his youth that led him to refuse to wash. Yeah. In 2014, the media reported that Haji, the world's dirtiest man, would often eat roadkill. That's how he survived. Well, now we know, guys. You can, you can live on roadkill for decades, and you don't need to bathe. Who knew roadkill was such a healthy diet? I think that's the paleo diet, roadkill. You know, it's free range. It's probably all natural. It's definitely healthier than some of the chicken I've bought at Trader Joe's, I think. It also said that Haji, the world's oldest, um, excuse me, dirtiest man, smoked a pipe filled with animal excrement. Okay, all right, animal excrement. I find it hard to believe that that's healthy. Is this a real story? It's got to be. I found it reported on so many sites. A lot of people sent me this article. It seems real to me. I don't know how you survive smoking animal excrement. I would like to know if that's considered a drug i mean can you get high on animal excrement and what animals was he smoking because i like to get high and i'm you know i drank ayahuasca and that tastes like crap i'm not above maybe smoking some animal excrement if it's going to take me to a place where i can forget i live in a world where people slice each other's throats on the sidewalk um, says here that haji also believed that cleanliness would make him ill huh perhaps he had an elevated a defense mechanism. What do they call that? Immune system. That's what it's called, guys. Sorry, I had a brain fart. Still recovering from brain fog COVID. Uh, perhaps you know, bathing just pushes your immune system into the state of just, it's like Thor, you know, and nothing can get in. You can eat roadkill. You don't need a bath. You can smoke animal poop, and you're just going to keep going. I remember living in New York City. I had a pretty robust immunity system. You know, when I moved out of New York City, it, it seemed like I got sick a little easier. In New York, I, you know, oftentimes I'd be on the subway. That's enough to keep your immune system beefed up. A rat would just crawl on your lap once a month, and that kept your immune system going as well. Now, the story gets a little deeper. It turns out a few months ago, the villagers persuaded this man, Haji, 
to wash himself for the very first time. And you see what happened? He just immediately croaked. You should have just left him dirty, man. I blame the village for this. After Haji's death, the unofficial record could go to an Indian man who also had not bathed for much of his life. Are we really keeping this as a record? Is this something we should be proud of? Um, well, now that the <laughs> this guy's dead, I'm the new world's dirtiest man. I haven't bathed in 46 years. The guy in India, his name is Kailash Singh. He's from a village outside the holy city of Varanasi. He hasn't washed for more than 30 years in an attempt to help end, quote, all the problems confronting the nation. Oh, this guy's going on a shower strike is what that is. It's kind of like a hunger strike, except for with water and soap. He would reject water in favor of what he called a fire bath. Oh, that doesn't sound safe. Every evening as villagers gathered, Kalau lights a bonfire, smokes marijuana, and stands on a leg praying to Lord Shiva. So he smokes weed around a bonfire, exactly what I do when I camp. He's reported to have said, It's just like using water to take a bath. Fire bath helps kill all the germs and infections in the body. He's really not bathing in the fire, though. He's just standing next to the fire. He's more like bathing in the marijuana smoke, which if you were to tell me marijuana smoke helps kills a lot of germs and infections in the body, I'd be open to that. Now, if you'd like to learn more about the original star of this story, Amu Haji, who just sadly passed away because he cleaned himself um, after the villagers forced him to, it sounds like, the, there is a documentary film titled The Strange Life of Amu Haji, and it was made in 2013. That sounds like something I would totally be into because I love very weird documentaries. A 50,000-year-old zombie virus has been revived by scientists. It's the sound of science. It's also the sound of the zombie apocalypse that's right around the corner, guys. Oh, man, get your zombie apocalypse survival kit. I should sell them. I don't know what, what would be in them. Lots of mac and cheese, for sure, in my zombie apocalypse survival kit. Probably a chainsaw, flamethrower. It says here, French scientists are the ones that just revived a 48,500-year-old zombie virus that was buried under a frozen lake in Russia. According to the media, these scientists have sparked fears of yet another pandemic after the revival of this zombie virus. They quoted this zombie virus study, uh, says here the situation would be much more disastrous in the case of plant animal or human diseases caused by the revival of an ancient unknown virus yeah naturally it's going to be disastrous you got to contain this mofo for sure stop digging up viruses how about that that's a great idea let's uh, what are we looking for deadly viruses under the permafrost for according to the report global warming though is irre irrevocably thawing enormous swaths of permafrost a lot of big vocab words in here but i'm nailing them that's why i get paid the big bucks uh, permanently frozen ground covers a quarter of the northern hemisphere did you know that uh, how many zombie viruses are under there um, will encino man be unleashed will they find like a frozen caveman that then becomes alive and wants to do tiktok dance videos with us that would be amazing. Now, all of this has an 
the unsettling effect of releasing organic materials frozen for up to a million years and also possibly releasing deadly germs and viruses, unfortunately. The researchers write, Part of this organic matter also consists of revived cellular microbes as well as viruses that remained dormant since prehistorical times. Oh, great, so we're all going to get dinosaur viruses? Unbelievable. I don't want dinosaur diarrhea. I heard that's the worst kind. According to the media, scientists have perhaps strangely revived some of these so-called zombie, zombie viruses from the Siberian permafrost in order to investigate these awakening critters. Yeah, how about you stop doing that? I'd appreciate it if you stop awakening the zombie viruses. I don't think that's a productive way to spend your time, scientists. Says here, these dumb scientists have discovered that all of the zombie viruses have the potential to be infectious. Great. And hence, they pose a health danger. Amazing. After researching these live cultures, they believe that COVID-style pandemics will become much more common in the future as melting permafrost releases long-dormant viruses like a m microbial Captain America. <sighs> it's kind of debilitating news now says here, it is therefore legitimate to ponder the risk of ancient viral particles remaining infectious and getting back into circulation by the thawing of these ancient permafrost layers. Unfortunately, it's a vicious cycle, guys, as organic matter released by the thawing ice decomposes into carbon dioxide and methane, further enhancing the greenhouse effect and accelerating the melt. Ah! Yeah, what are we going to do, guys? Well, I mean, the first thing we have to do is come up with a zombie virus vaccine, obviously. <laughs> I mean, and then maybe put a fence around that permafrost up there in Siberia. No one should be going over there, in my opinion. Every monk in a Thai temple tested positive for methamphetamines. A Buddhist temple in central Thailand has been left without any monks. After all of its holy men have failed drug tests, they were defrocked, according to local officials. Four monks, including an abbot at a temple in Fechabun. Fechabun? Fechabun? That's a funny name for a place. Hey, why don't you fetch a bun? I already got the buns. Hey, we're good. We're good. We don't have to fetch any buns. All right. Fechabun. Fechabun? <laughs> Fechabun boon down. <laughs> Math monk, it's all scared of a number of lamb. I fetch a boom boom down. That's a song I just made up called Meth Monk. Okay, this is in the Bung Sam Fan district. Wow, so many funny names over there. Really, uh, a great place to get dad jokes. All right, so these monks tested positive for methamphetamine yesterday, according to the district official who has an amazing name, Boonlert Fintapai. Boonlert. Amazing. The monks have been sent to a health clinic to undergo drug rehabilitation. <laughs> sure, of course. Got to get these monks sober. How did this happen? How are monks addicted to meth? Well, you do have to stay up all those long hours and meditate. So hard to s stay awake. You know, it's very boring meditating. Um, it's. I mean, that's why a tea was such a popular thing with monks because they had to stay awake. You understand that? A little tea for that. Uh, the temple is now empty of monks, it says here, and nearby villagers are concerned they cannot do any merit-making. Merit-making! 
What is that you're asking? I'm glad you asked. I have the answer. Merit-making involves worshippers donating food to the monks as a good deed. Well, I'm sure there's some homeless, hungry people in your area you can donate food to. That's a good deed, right? That might be merit-making. How about that? How about you give money away? Give alms. Don't they call them alms? A-L-M-S? Now, they asked Boonlert what to do about this. Boonlert says more monks are going to be sent to the temple. Don't worry. They will be sent specifically to allow villagers to practice their religious obligations, of course, which includes merit-making. It's nice to do some merit-making around the holiday season, isn't it? Thailand is a major transit country for methamphetamine flooding in from Myanmar's Trouble Shan State via Laos. That was a... That was a mouthful right there. Basically, Thailand is a major transit for methamphetamine. I had no idea. That's how it ends up in the monks' temples. Gotta be, right? On the street, meth pills are called yaba. They sell for less than 20 baht, which is about 50 cents. 50 cents for meth pills in Thailand? That's amazing. Wow, I would get so much work done in Thailand. <laughs> I got a script I need to finish. Where are my, where are my yaba pills? It says here, methamphetamine, particularly yaba pills, can be easily found in every corner of Thailand. Supply is up everywhere, and at this point, a tablet is cheaper than a beer. That's, um, that's incredible. I had no clue that you could get methamphetamines for this cheap. Authorities across Southeast Asia and around the globe have made record meth seizures in recent months as well. Okay, then they're giving you some history on the recent tonnage. The tonnage of meth that's been seized... A lot of it. Um, but what about the monks? How do monks get addicted? I mean, the article doesn't give any information about that. The, uh, the personal lives of these monks. And if this is found to be common in other temples around Thailand, I guess we can only just imagine what it would take. Um, I mean, obviously it's proof that drugs are penetrating all levels of life in these in these countries so it, it, it penetrates all levels of life in our own country i would i wouldn't be surprised if you told me that you know priests in the u.s were addicted to some chemicals i wouldn't be surprised at all yeah definitely a weird world we're living in where you have to drug test your clergy drug test your religious leaders that's right it's very important well for these monks you know they can always go practice in florida i don't think anybody's going to mind um, religious leaders on meth in Florida. <laughs> I mean, everybody's on meth in Florida, right? Even the bus drivers. I gotta finish my route, man. I gotta finish my route, man. I'm just trying to finish my route, man. Yay! A Florida man stuffed a gun inside a raw chicken and tried to bring it on a plane. This is a real title. Many of you sent me this story, and uh, I'm grateful. It's It's too wonderful to pass up, right? Uh, on Monday, officers with the Transportation Security Administration said that they caught an individual trying to conceal a gun inside a raw chicken and bring it on the plane in their carry-on luggage. This person had a raw chicken gun inside the chicken. I'm trying to paint the picture for you. Uh, I'm wondering what excuse he had when he was caught. And said, hey, oh no, officers, this is my... Uh, you know, my emotional support raw chicken. I, I need it for flights, man. It's my emotional support raw chicken. Come on, man. These flights make me emotional. Of course, our genius Florida man's plan was foiled when he was caught by the TSA at the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. The x-ray machine, of course, because they catch guns. When you put guns through such machines, it usually comes up. 
I just want to make everybody aware that the skin of a raw chicken does not block x-rays. <laughs> Which obviously our Florida man thought would. All right, let's find out what happened afterward, because obviously the plot chickens. <laughs> the officers were working around the cluck to bust this guy. Ha, huh? get it? All right. He tried to bring a gun that was cocked onto the plane. Hey, come on with the puns. What kind of gun was this? A cock nine? Whoa, I'm on fire right now. I shouldn't stop. Now, many of you probably saw the photo that was posted. Uh, the TSA have an official Instagram account where they post such jokes, <laughs> apparently. Uh, there were photos of the uncooked bird being examined in the airport security screening area and photos of the gun once it was removed. The caption was leaning heavily into thanksgiving theme puns, as you can imagine. Someone wrote, there's a personal foul here. Ha ha hey. I think my puns are better. Now, the TSA made a statement as well, along with the photos, to just keep everybody up to date with their policies, letting you know that you can't bring a firearm onto the airplane in this manner. You can't bring a gun onto the plane stuffed in a raw chicken or a lobster, for that matter. Uh, you can't put it inside a casserole, I believe, as well. Uh, don't think you can sneak a little twenty-two inside a burrito. I don't think that's going to get through either. Here's the quote. We hate to break it to you guys, but stuffing a firearm in your holiday bird for travel is just a waste of time. <laughs> that's pretty good. This idea wasn't even half-baked. It was raw, greasy, and obviously unsupervised. The only roast happening here is this poor packing choice. Feather you like it or not, there are rules for traveling with guns and ammunition. Wow, they're very funny, the TSA, huh? They also want you to know that you can bring food on. In, in fact, cuisine for a full Thanksgiving menu can be brought onto the plane, including fresh meat and seafood. But it's got to be in your carry-on luggage, and you have to abide by the federal packing guidelines, which are available on the TSA website. Please pack them tightly. I don't want to be on a plane smelling raw meat, please. That happens sometimes. The smell of awful food just wafting through the cabin. I've experienced that. They also say people looking to travel with some guns and some ammunition, as many Florida people do, are required to pack unloaded weapons in locked, hard-sided containers in their checked bags. Okay, you can't bring it on a carry-on. Certainly can't bring it inside some fresh fowl. And you must declare these items at the airport ticket counter when you arrive for your flight. So just to reiterate, because many of you in Florida will be traveling during the holidays, you can't bring your gun inside a raw chicken onto the plane. I know a lot of you might be confused by that because, from my understanding, chickens are uh, permitted to open carry in the state of Florida, but not on the plane. Uh, this is among the many bizarre fines by TSA officers at airports across the United States recently. A chainsaw was flagged in New Orleans, and something the agency referred to as a meth burrito was also confiscated at an airport in Houston. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to part two of the 2022 Best of Weird AF News. I hope you enjoyed these segments. I think we covered about a total of 30 over a couple days. And uh, these were the ones that tickled me most. Um, from my memory anyways. And uh, yeah, good times. A great year in the books. We'll do another year. Should we do another year on Weird AF News? Let's, let's, let's do it. Let's do another year, guys. I'll do 2023. I, it was, I was up in the air on it, but you know what? You've convinced me. If you're still listening, yeah, yeah, you've convinced me that I should keep going. 
<laughs> I'm going to publish some phone calls after this if you'd like to stick around, uh, notably from Michael from Iowa City, just wrapping up the new year with some wishes for y'all. And, and thanks to everyone who supported the show by joining the Patreon or buying me coffee or sending in a donation during the holidays. Huge, huge thank you from Michael and myself. Um, I was very overwhelmed with, with the support, and it was it was lovely. You made my holidays great. I was um, I wasn't even thinking twice about ordering, you know, top shelf coffee, bro. You know, you, know, you go to the coffee shop, you're like, should I just get the drip for three dollars? Just get the drip. Yeah, in 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 LA, you're lucky to find it for three dollars. Should I get the drip for three dollars? You know what? I'm gonna get the mugga lugga 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 latte. Bring it on. I'm going to get the uh, caramel cappuccino with the little... No, I don't get that whipped cream on top. You guys, I mean, it's too sweet. But yeah, I was getting some gourmet coffee drinks all through the holidays, thanks to y'all. So appreciate that. I felt like I was drinking coffee like a king. Like if I had a personal cappuccino machine with a personal cappuccino maker, I would be just be ordering these sophisticated drinks all the time. I'd be like, um, I would love that. Anyways, you made me feel that way, so thank you. Um, I want to big uh, give a big thanks to Michelle Zanta. Michelle's an OG listener of Weird AF News. She's been listening for probably like the first year, probably. She she changed, she upped her pledge on Patreon big time. You can like change your pledge from $2 a, a month to something higher than that, which she did. And she's just uh, showing me the love this holiday season. So I want to give her a lot of, um, a lot of love on this outro and I uh, wish her a great 2023 and a happy new year and all that. So thank you, Michelle. I appreciate that. And uh, much love to you. If you guys would like to join the Patreon and support the show, it's pretty easy. Go to weirdafnews.com. Click on the Patreon banner or download the Patreon app on your phone. Do a search for Weird AF News. You know what I'm saying, bro? You know what I'm saying? I got an email from Shelly Henderson who bought me coffee last week and uh, didn't put her name on it. And so she wrote me an email because I, I was like, who is this from? And Shelly took credit for it. Maybe maybe it wasn't her. She's just taking credit for it. it, it if that's the case, good move, girl. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting into heaven, but... You know, uh, Shelly wrote, LOL. I thought I put my name on there, Jonesy, when I bought you the coffee, but had issues trying to get it to go through. Um, she wrote, my phone stinks. That's probably why I had so much trouble. Anyways, anyways, my name is Shelly, and I currently live in Tennessee. Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee. I've been listening to you for about a year, and it helps round out the news after hearing mostly bad news, usually. Uh, she, I think she's referring to mainstream news. I, I agree with you, girl. It's mostly bad news. She says, Jonesy, you make the news tolerably funny. Keep it coming. Yes. Well, Shelly, your timing is amazing because I just decided that I'm going to keep it going in 2023 just now. So you're going to get some more of me in 2023. I'm going to keep it coming. Girl, I want to. I can't remember the rest of that song or who sings it or what the name is. It's just in my head, along with a lot of other old school R&B songs. I don't know what they're doing in there. They don't really serve much use. You know, I have no, I can't like, uh, you know, I can barely like, um, I don't know, pitch a tent and the, but yet I'm walking around with all these R and B lyrics for what reason guys, for what re old school lap, lap rap lyrics in my brain for what reason guys, if there's ever an apocalypse, I don't know how to grow tomatoes. No, nope. I don't know how to grow tomatoes, but I know this. Okay, I am recognizing that the voice inside my head is urging me to be myself and never follow someone else because opinions are like voices. We all have a different kind. So just clean out all of your izzies and my views and you will find that we revolutionize it with the kick and the snare. That's a tribe called Quest Lyric. Don't know why that's in there. Not doing me a lot of good, guys. I can't grow tomatoes. 
I got that, though, under wraps. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, man, I can't rap like I used to. I'm getting out of shape. <laughs> Does rapping make you cough and wheeze? Maybe you're out of shape, guys. Well, don't worry. It's the new year. You can start to do some cardio, and I recommend rapping while running on the treadmill to really get it going. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm out of my mind right now, but I'm happy. I'm happy. That's all that matters. I'm happy. I hope you're happy, too. I hope I make you happy. You make me happy. That's for damn sure. If you want to email me, it's funnyjones at gmail.com. You can call the show 646-450-2012. Follow me on the gram, Instagram, at funnyjones. I love to hear from listeners on there. I was just speaking to someone living in uh, Portugal on an island. It's pretty fascinating. Uh, I was like, damn, you live on an island in Portugal? See, I didn't even know you could do that. You see, I don't even know what's available. See, you know what? You don't even know what's on the menu until you get out, you get out there, you know? You have no idea what's, what, you know, what, what you're capable of or what the options are in life. You know, I think I have to record in a closet. I don't know. Maybe there's other options. Maybe I could be recording in a closet, but it's on an island in Portugal. That might be sweet. You got a room on your couch? I'll, I'll stay there. I'm into it. All right, anyways, I'm rambling because I'm highly caffeinated. So tomorrow we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming. I'll be doing just uh, three weird news segments from around the world as typical. So if you want to send me some stories, you got the email. Uh, Thank you for all that you do in 2022, which is basically just be here for me, support me, you know. Um, Whether you donated or not, it does not matter. You are so crucial to the success of this little tiny podcast that records in a closet because without listeners and like yourself, you know, uh, loyal listeners of the show, wh- where would I be? I mean, I wouldn't even be doing this. So just want to, once again, I said it on yesterday's show. I just want to once again say how grateful I am for you, uh, all my listeners. You've made 2022 an amazing year for me. Um, said, uh, yeah, tackled some milestones in, in my life. And so I'm very, very grateful for your support and your love and your attention. And uh, yeah, so I'll see you tomorrow. This is Michael calling from Iowa City, and I want to wish a Happy New Year to Jonesy and all of the weirdos in this community of ours, and thank everyone who donated to the Thanks for Giving campaign through donations to Jonesy for Cups of Coffee through the PayPal and by joining the Patreon. The campaign code came to a close at midnight on New Year's Day, and I want to, again, thank everyone who made donations to this. I I truly am appreciative from the bottom of my heart. You know, I've been listening to this podcast for six years, and when I first heard Jonesy, it was as if he was presenting a DNA test kit to me saying, hey, uh, here I am, your long-lost son. This is my sense of humor. And uh, it was like, wow, my long-lost child, where have you been all my life? And I immediately said, well, most of this... uh, sense of humor and his personality and his belief system meshes with mine pretty close. Yep, this is uh, my long-lost child. And I, although I have a biological child, a uh, daughter, and a son who are, you know, fairly financially successful, uh, you know, Jonesy, not to the degree that they are, but, um, you know, he is truly a successful comedian. And, uh, I would say even more successful as a podcaster because the money may not be there. We try to help him with that through the podcast, but he's successful in that he brings joy, levity, laughter, lightness, and uh, love to 
his thousands of listeners. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, if that isn't success, then I don't know what is. I welcome him into my home as I know all of the other weirdos welcome him and love him and support him and are devoted to him. And uh, if bringing joy and laughter and love into people's hearts and homes isn't a successful thing to do, then uh, someone's going to have to explain to me what success is. Jonesy, we love you and support you, and I couldn't be any more proud of you than I am of my own son. I want to thank everyone again and tell you, Jonesy, um, and all the weirdos, I wish all of you the happiest, healthiest, and most prosperous year of your lives. And tell everyone, good luck with your lives, man. And again, thank you for donating. Okay, it's me again. So, as we know, I live by Great Lake, as I said, the bum F mistake by the lake. And we had that polar vortex the United States did recently, and all I can remember was, like, I think it was not December 2022, but December 2021, somewhere in the cold months of there. So, November, December, January, February, March, April, and May. Yes, I included May. There was a prostitution ring that was caught on the lovely Great Lake in an ice shanty from ice fishing. And I was just, mind you, I was a baby weird newser at the time, a little babyland. But as we got cold, the first thing out of my thought process was, I hope no one's turning tricks on the ice today. And I realize you probably enjoy that. So stay warm, though it's not like 60 degrees, like the weather didn't try to kill us before Christmas. And don't go tricking on the ice. Guess who, Jonesy? It's Florida. That's right, the state of Florida calling in on Florida Fridays, my little Boston baked bean. I'm calling in just in time before New Year's Eve. Jonesy, I hope that Darling Michael has already mailed you those matching donation funds so that you've got your ticket bought and are all ready to fly down here to Florida to help me ring in the New Year's with a bang. Woohoo! Don't see I need you to get down here and squeeze my key lines in order to turn me into a Boston cream pie. Woohoo! Jonesy, I want you to be my little Boston Strangler. Yeah, woo, that sounds like the right thing to do. Jonesy, you know we don't have basements down here in Florida, but because of you, my downstairs is always damp. Jonesy, I just think of you all the time, and I miss you so much. You've got to get down here. We need to ring in this new year together and make 2023 the best year ever, Jonesy. I always think about you, and I think about you especially on Florida Fridays, Jonesy. I just dream about you and think of what it would be like to hold you in my arms. Well, until you're down here to ring in the new year, Eve Jonesy, and to bring in this new year, I'll be dreaming about you. Mwah.